Welcome to the Rochester Church of Christ Sermon Podcast. We believe that there is no message more life-changing and more relevant than the gospel. It is our earnest prayer that you will be enriched as a disciple and that you will hear the good news today. Today, we talk about, well, today. And here's the big idea. Because Jesus is the Lord of today, Jesus can help us overcome our worry. It is our tradition to stand during the reading of God's Word. And I know you've been up and down a little bit today, but that's good calisthenics in the Lord. Uh, I want to make you into firm believers. Yes. All right. uh, No, go ahead and stand one more time. We will honor the God of Scripture by standing and listening to His Word. From Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 25, Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spend. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. And if that's how God clothes the grass grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Heavenly Father, Help us. Help us not to give in to our worry. Help us to trust you more. Strengthen us for your service. And speak today, Father, for your children are listening. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated for a while this time. Don't worry about your life. Don't worry. Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Don't worry. Don't worry. Wow. God's word is great. Amen? Amen. I needed to hear this. That's powerful stuff. It's applicable too. If it were possible. Oftentimes I read this text and it feels like I'm telling a drowning person, just breathe. Or even more accurately, it's like telling a drowning person, don't drown. 
It's like telling an angry spouse to just calm down. It's like telling poor people, well, just don't be poor anymore. Sure, I want peace. I want to live a life without anxiety and worry. But how, Jesus? In a world and, and culture where pandemics and, 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 and school shootings and, and frankly all of the politics associated with all of that. How do I not worry? And, 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 and do I find, I find myself sometimes more worried because people don't worry enough. <laughs> Is that good or bad? It's reality. One of the impacts of the pandemic as we look back on it, is that there was a rise and an increase of the prescribing of medication for anxiety. That probably won't surprise you. That there has been a 31% increase in prescribed medications to treat anxiety since the pandemic began. This is what we refer to as the impending health crisis. This is a place safe for confession, right? I take medication for anxiety every day. When I turned 40, several years ago, let's not talk about how many, <laughs> but when I turned 40, my warranty expired. A lot of things just started going wrong. I'm telling you what, you go to the doctor, it's a different show. You go for your physical, like prior to 40, they didn't care. You basically walked in and they were like, you look fine. Don't waste any more of our time. At 40, they're like, go ahead and close and lock that door. <laughs> Different things are going to go on. But obviously when I turned 40, my warranty wore off. My anxiety started to manifest itself in physical experiences. That whereas previously when I was anxious, I could simply work a little harder and power through it and there would be no problem for some reason around the age of 40, I stopped being able to just power through it and not worry. And my stress began to have what is called a psychosomatic reaction. That what's going on in my head reflects itself in my soma, my body, psychosomatic reaction. And in particular, it began to affect my heart that my heart would, it felt like it was skipping a beat, but it would actually add an extra one in there on half of it. So your heart kind of does this number, and it would kind of be like boom, boom, and it's sort of like squeezing an empty bulb syringe. There's nothing else to move, and so you feel a flutter. Heart disease runs in my family. I know what I look like. And so I go to the doctor. And I was like, hey, uh, what's going on? And they ran these tests. They said, your heart's fine. And I was like, okay, that doesn't that's not the question I asked. <laughs> I asked what's going on. And, and, and they said, well, what do you do? And I said, well, I do several things. And they said, tell me about it. And I said, well, one, I'm a pastor. And they said, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I'm thinking, have I been exceptionally holy in this office? Like, have I tried to convert someone? Have I offered them a Bible study? Not yet to my memory have I done that. And so I was like, why do you say that? And they said, we get a lot of heart. We get a lot of, a lot of pastors that have what you have. And I said, okay, well, I also run my own business. And they were like, okay, say no more. <clears throat> this is anxiety. This is stress. Manifesting itself in what's happening with your heart. And most people, this happens to most people's heart. It's not an alarm. Uh, most people get this, but only very few people feel it. It was almost as if he was trying to tell me, like, you won the lottery. Like, congratulations, you are one of those lucky ones. And I'm like, so I feel what's going wrong. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, that, don't be happy about that. Like, I'm not happy about that. What do I do? And it wasn't my heart that was failing. It was my old methods of coping with my anxiety that was failing. And so in addition to some other changes, I began taking Lexapro every day, along with some other things. I take uh, an allergy medicine as well because my allergies are also bad. I take um, I take another pill that they gave me to. It's a beta blocker, and so what it does is it slows my heart rate down so that it's less likely to act up. That has an interesting effect of lowering my cholesterol, or lowering my blood pressure. My blood pressure is not high. My body doesn't realize what I look like, and I'm okay with that. But it's, it's funny because it's actually low now, and they'll come in and they'll do the thing, and they're like, uh, can we try again? And I'm like, I get it. Yes, you can try as many times as you want. This is where, we're, this is where we are. We sit in the 110s just because. All right, and so it, 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 so I got all these medicines that I take. This morning I was taking my pills. One of the white ones fell out of my hand and into the sink and down the sink. Here's the deal. I take a thyroid pill as well because mine doesn't work, and it's yellow. Wasn't worried about that one. Got it. There are three white ones. One of them is for anxiety. Which one do you think I thought went down the drain? <laughs> Here's the deal. It wasn't because I saw that it was an oval. That was my allergy medicine, most likely. But the way anxiety works is I take all the possible solutions. I look at them. I decide which one is bad, which one would be the worst. And then I fixate on it as the absolute outcome that I'm waiting for. If you wrestle with anxiety, you know this feeling. I know this, that being a Christian, even a faithful Christian, does not grant you immunity from being anxious or experiencing worry. And in my study, I've kind of reached two biblical conclusions, and I'm, I'm going to give a shout out to Mia, who is at home. Um, at, Mia Oyer recently had surgery where she had, uh, I think it was seven teeth removed. She's at home watching today, but I wanted to give a shout out to Mia. Here's two biblical conclusions that I've found out. First, anxiety is not a sin. Nor does being anxious mean that you do not trust God. Often the devil manipulates us 
to make us feel shame or guilt because of our anxiety. But that said, the second conclusion is living in anxiety is not God's will for our lives. It is one thing to feel it. It is another thing entirely to live in it. God does not want me to be dominated by worry or anxiety. I heard one pastor say this, and I thought about it, and I kind of like where he was headed. Um, He said that anxiety is a spirit that can become a demon. And when he said that, I was like, "Ah, I don't know about that. I think it's just sometimes chemicals. And I still think that. But at the same time, here's where he went on, and I was like, ooh, I kind of do like that. Because what he said was, when we talk about spirits, spirits want to influence your life. Right? So we watch out for evil spirits because they want to have an influence in your life. Demons want to possess you. They want to control you. Spirits we fight. Demons we learn to live with. Demons want to occupy your whole life. And I know this, anxiety opens the door for others, for other sinful coping mechanisms in our lives. Because what we try to do is we try to cope with our anxiety by turning to self-medication. And a study of alcoholics and drug addicts and sex addicts and pornography addicts has found that a majority of addicts turned to their substance that they abuse because initially they were experiencing anxiety. So it it opens the door for us to self-medicate ourselves into further trouble that is sinful. Worry and anxiety threaten the abundant life that Christ died for us to live in. Jesus said the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, and that's exactly what worry does in our lives. And so I want to take a moment to say, okay, Jesus says don't worry. What do I do in this text then, Adam? Well, I want to talk to you about what the word worry means. Now, I'm not going to have you repeat this Greek word because it's not an easy one to say. Sometimes they like to put letters together that we don't put together all the time. And this one is called, this one is merimnao. There's an M and an N right next to each other, which we generally don't try to do very often. Merimnao. And it doesn't mean don't be concerned about things that are important to you. That would be impossible. What it really means is don't get distracted or controlled by those concerns. Don't get taken off course. You see, God cares about my thoughts because the human mind is so powerful and capable. And the truth is, if I wanted to render you powerless, I would worry you to death. If I were your enemy, I'd put so much on your mind that you would lose your creativity, your passion, your influence, and your purpose. 
focusing instead on your worry and anxiety. If, if I were your enemy, I would, I would worry you to death. I would make you so miserable you couldn't even enjoy the blessings of God. I would make sure you had a really nice bed that you couldn't sleep in. I would make sure you had a real nice pool that you couldn't relax in. I'd make sure you had a really nice house where you didn't feel comfortable. You see, the devil is after our mind. That's why when the car breaks down, his voice gets louder. When the money is not there for the rent or the mortgage and it gets tight, his voice gets louder. When work gets tough, his voice gets louder. The devil doesn't drive and isn't looking for a new car. So why does his voice get louder when my car breaks down? He's not after the car. He's after my mind. The devil doesn't need a job and isn't looking for a new house. He's not going after you so he can have your stuff. He's after your mind. He's using what you care about so that you will lose your power when he takes control of your mind. When God says don't worry, he's not saying be thoughtless or stoic. He's saying don't get too distracted. Don't live your life now worrying about dying tomorrow. You see, worrying is rehearsing the problem without a solution to it. Now, I'm not the only one in here who's ever thought, because I've not always been a pastor, I'm not the only one in here who's ever thought, oh man, it's Sunday, that means tomorrow I have to go back to work. Ugh. And just had that thought of Monday ruin my entire Sunday. Am I preaching now? Am I, am I in someone's life? Am I reading your mail a little bit? Right? We've been there where it's like, oh man, I can't even enjoy today because of what I know is coming. That's rehearsing the problem without addressing a solution at all. That's worry. That's letting it have too much influence. Most of us tend to worry about the same sorts of things. We worry about decisions. What should I do? How should I act? Proverbs says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and all your ways submit to Him, and He'll make your path straight. When we give our decisions up to God, God will make the road clear and the path straight. When I give, my, when I give up my spot in the driver's seat, that's when I really get to where I want to go. Because I've found I'm pretty good at getting lost along the way. God never gets lost. When I give things to God, this is the power, I and I wish I had some saints who could testify. Noel, I don't know if it's this way where you preach, but, but where I preach, here, I, I wish I had some saints that could testify that I put something in God's hands and I receive it back better than it was when I first gave it to Him. Right, that's, that, that's where we are, that we realize, I, I, I think about my, I worry about big decisions, I give that to God, and that's when things work out. All right, we worry, secondly, about having enough. God cares for what God has made. God is all-powerful and fully capable to provide for us what we need. 
Do we doubt that God could do it? Yeah. Do we doubt that we matter enough to God for God to provide for us? But even, maybe I can answer, maybe, maybe God can do it. I'm just not sure that God will do it for me or He wants to do that for me. I don't know that I matter enough is where our minds tend to go. But what happens is we end up not seeing the world. We, we look at the world and we see it as a place where things are scarce. Rather than where things are abundant. But our God is not a God of scarcity. Our God is a God of abundance. And if I look at the world as if it's scarce, as if there's not enough of everything, no wonder I spend my time worrying about whether there's enough. But if I trust that my God is the Father of all things and that this world belongs to Him, then I'm, and I'm His son, that you're His daughter or His son, He'll provide for you because God has abundantly more. We worry about things that are going on around us. And it's interesting that He says to them, I want you to seek first God's kingdom and His righteousness. And all the rest of these things will be given to you as well. We major in minors. We focus on everything but what is ultimately important. So instead of always seeking for a solution for your worries, God says, bring them to me and I can take care of the solution. Because worry will stifle our calling from God. Worry is carrying around a bunch of baggage that weighs us down. It's, and, 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 and we're carrying all this baggage recently. Larry, the legend, Norman, and I, Adam, the great teacher, Hill. <laughs> we're traveling over the ocean, <clears throat> and we had some luggage, y'all. And our hands were full, and we had carts with two other people helping us carry stuff. All right? We had just crate after crate and suitcase and carry-on and a backpack, and the backpack weighed more than the suitcase because there's a limit on the suitcase, but not on the backpack. And so uh, Larry knows what I'm talking about. We had back trouble uh, because of the backpacks. We were, we were ready. We were traveling. We were going. Our hands were so full that when they tried to hand us other stuff, if they needed to hand us anything, we were like, you're going to have to wait. I can't hold anything more. My hands, I couldn't open my hands if I wanted to. The problem is with worry, we carry around a bunch of baggage that weighs us down. It fills my hands, it fills my minds, and it leaves me unable to take hold of what God is trying to give me. Kenny, you want to go ahead and bring your team up? So what do I do with my anxiety? What do I do with my worry, Adam? You know this fight. You know it's not as simple as I don't, I don't, I don't choose to be like this all the time. What do I do? Well, some of us need to be reminded to go ahead and take your medication every day. There's nothing wrong in that. That's a blessing. 
Okay, God created people who were smart enough to help folks like me. And I am thankful for that. I am thankful that my lows are not as low. I am thankful that I am still myself. I am thankful that my fuse is longer <laughs> and I don't blow up as easily. So take your medication if you're on medication, if you need to be on medication. Dan, you're gonna love this. Get out and get in the sunshine. Study after study. Get more sunshine. I know you live in Michigan. <laughs> so make up for it with laughter <clears throat> through the winter months. Get some sunshine, get some exercise, go on a walk. And make a conscious choice that whenever you can, give God your worry and ask God for his peace. I don't, here's what I learned. I don't have to know the future to stop worrying. I know God. And God knows the future. And I trust him. You see, part of the good news of Matthew 6.33 is that God personally takes responsibility for my future. I seek first God and His righteousness, His kingdom, and everything else He'll take care of. My relationship with God takes priority over my worry. I trust my future with Him, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in me will carry it on to completion. Philippians 1.6, amen? amen? Let's stand and praise God together. We sincerely thank you for listening and pray that you were blessed today. To learn more about Rochester Church of Christ, to support our ministry, or to contact us with any prayer needs you may have, head over to www.rochestercoc.org. Remember, you are loved and chosen.